Good morning, Nashville. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I am your host, Michael Thayer with Waterstone Mortgage. I'm MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. I have the great pleasure of spending this wonderful morning with Mr. Chris, the title guru Corvo from Midtown Title. Hey, I like that. Good morning. How are you, man? Doing good. I'm glad to be back. It feels like forever since I have been here. So I feel like it's been forever. It's yeah. been a few yeah. weeks for certain, so my schedule is just not permitted for me to be here. So uh, thanks for letting me come back. Absolutely, man. You're always welcome. Then we have, of course, Mr. Dollar Dave Lukey from Capital Homes. How are you, sir? I am excellent. I thought it was David LaCasa Lukey. Dude, it changes every week. That's why you got to <laughs> tune in, man. LaCasa. <laughs> La Hacienda. La Hacienda, Hacienda like Luki. There you go. All right, same thing. That's kind of a mouthful. La Hacienda Luki. Yes. La Hacienda. La Hacienda. Say that 10 times fast. No, I try not to. And Miss Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty. Hello. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the dog's in the house. And somebody let it out. Yes, they did. You can't keep her contained. And, of course, Mr. JT behind the glass making it all work. How are you, sir? What's happening? Doing good, man. How about man, you? Another great day. Yeah. Another great day. Hey, if you guys missed last week's show, you missed a good one. We talked with... Um, uh, Jack from Hermitage Lighting Gallery, and really didn't think we'd talk about lights for as long as we did, but it's rather interesting what you get into, and I'm I'm not exactly a light connoisseur or... It was an enlightening conversation. <laughs> it was Now I want to change every bulb in my <laughs> Yeah, you do want to change so every bulb. So I get all those hours. Yeah, it's, in, it's insane. So you don't change a light bulb for 20 years now. Oh, man. But yeah, <laughs> if you missed it, go back and listen to it. Check it out on the uh, Bunny Man Mike... Um, MoneyManMike.net website or out on Money Man Mike Radio on Facebook. And you can catch everything that we do uh, from the video recording, the behind the scenes, all the good funny stuff, and then all the serious stuff at the same time. But every week's put out there. So if you miss something, go check that out. Now, as far as this week's show, we're going to kind of circle back around to one topic we touched on last week, and that is $478 billion was spent on, and you'll have to wait and when we get to that subject, but $478 billion was spent on what last year? We're going to touch on how higher interest rates can actually save you money. Again, how higher interest rates can actually save you Ooh, money. do tell. What? Did you see that look on my face? I looked at it. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, everyone's like, dude, it's not that early. I'm, I got my stuff together. All right. Okay. I'm not asleep. I'm going to have faith here. I'd be anxious to hear this answer. Oh, this this will blow your mind. Then we're going to get into a little bit of the mortgage deduction, interest deduction that's being proposed um, by the new administration as far as being on the chop block and no longer qualifying. And I believe uh, Chris said that he's also read something about the 1031 possibly going away as well. Uh, yeah, I'll share that when we get to that story. Cool. And if we have time, we're going to get into the buying and selling guides for um, uh, this current time period, which if you haven't seen one of these before... Again, go out to the website, check them out, because it's a lot of cool current market data. So if you're curious on whether it's a good time to buy or not a good time to buy, and you want to get some facts, or you're trying to go out on the internet and source facts and so forth, this is all you need. I mean, this is from all the credible sources nationwide. These are the reports that go into what the federal government makes decisions on, the whole nine yards. So it's rather enlightening, and it's a lot of stuff that we you know, recite here and talk about on the radio show. So... Check those out. But what do we want to jump into first? You want to hear about how higher interest rates save you money? You want to get into yes. You want to do that? Yeah, because yes. that yes. <laughs> but yes. the two hands raised right yes, here. Yes, yes, yes. 
You don't even get to vote, Andrew. Okay. All right, so I am helping. Why are you sitting at the end today, Andrew? Andrew? Hey. They <laughs> <laughs> won't pick it on Andrew today. They are. I got here late, and this was the last seat available. Gotcha. <laughs> We have like a signed seating here, so. <laughs> I wanted to be the center of attention. David, you're always the center of attention. <laughs> so what's the kind of facts you have there that say that I'm going to save more money because I'm going to pay a higher interest rate? All right. Now, this will not truly apply to everybody, but for the majority of the people, especially people that just bought houses, I don't know, in the last – Shoot, if you've been in a mortgage between a year and even seven, eight years, you probably need to look at this. But we've got a client, one that we just closed, that we did this for, another one that we just started this week, and we have three more that are already talking to us about doing the exact same thing for them. And that is if you have a loan that you're paying mortgage insurance on and your house value has increased – even though you're going to more than likely increase the interest rate you're paying, the fact that you can refinance, eliminate your MI, even taking a higher interest rate is still going to save you a ton of money in the long run. So for an example, with this one particular client, we took them- Is this somebody that I know? This one isn't. This is oh, a brand okay. new one. All right. Um, We're all like, do I know them? <laughs> we just did this for somebody yeah, we did, that I know. Yeah, oh, okay. we did this for one person that David knows. Uh, but here's some actual numbers. We ran a couple different scenarios for this client, and they're currently on a 30-year paying 4%. Okay. We talked about moving them to a 20-year at 4.6%. Okay. Okay. Now, right off the cuff, you're like, why in the world would I do that? Right? Well, That's what the majority of everyone would say. Well, that move, and, and they're currently 25 years into their current term. So by taking them to a 20-year term— They're not 25 years in. They're five years in. They're five years in. To a 30, to a, on a 30-year loan. On a 30-year right. so loan. So 25 years left on their loan. Yes. yes they have 25 okay. years left. Not 25 years in. What he said. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. I was making sure, because you said it, as if he was already 25 years into the I'm loan. I'm sorry. You're correct. Thank you oh, for okay. correcting that. Okay. So looking at a 20-year term, it's going to save him $45,000, right at $46,000. Wow. Wow. Even though we're increasing his rate. As you're dropping the mortgage insurance and you're reducing the term. Yes. Five more years. And in this client's case, he wants to roll in two loans, pay them off, and that's also going to free up another $1,000 of monthly cash flow on top of that. Wow. So he's saving money every month, too, you said, $1,000? 1000 bucks every month and then an additional forty-five, basically $46,000 in interest, and he's going to pay his house off five years quicker. Wow. Now, what will his mortgage note, will it go up or down? It's It does go up. Well, he's rolling in the second, so it's going to go up. Yeah, it's going up, but yet he's still freeing up a 1000 bucks a monthly cash flow. Of extra other loans yeah. he has. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not exactly what you'd expect it to be, especially when you're talking about going from a 4% rate to a 4.6 rate. It sounds like people just need to get the facts before they just try to decide something oh, that may God, not be yeah. right for them. When we come back from this break, we're going to show another scenario that we showed this guy along with a couple of other things talking about rent. So catch us uh, uh, after this break. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Uh. 
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. For the break, we're talking about how we're helping a client right now uh, refinance, pay off some stuff. And even though we are increasing his interest rate, it's saving him thousands of dollars and he's going to pay his mortgage off sooner. And another scenario that we showed him was taking him from his current 30 year on a 4% down to a 15 year at 4.25%. And this probably would, break him even on a monthly payment, probably, wouldn't it? No, it's. It's not that bad, but or it's not that good. But his payments going up by four hundred bucks, if I'm not mistaken. But again, he's saving ten thousand bucks that he is also paying off in other debts. So he's netting six hundred bucks to the good cash flow. He's knocked ten years off the term of his loan. But he's knocked off ten years off the term of his loan. That's correct. Which is a savings of ninety six thousand four hundred seventy three dollars. Now, wow. Now, and I think that is great. That's really fantastic. And that's also really depressing because <laughs> mm-hmm. you think, how time. much money I pay mm-hmm. to have a mortgage? So I just want to say this one thing, not to sound too much like another radio personality that has a much more widely listened to show than we do, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> the only issue that I have with that for people who want to refinance and roll in their other debt is that too many times people roll in some debt, get that reduction in their monthly. And instead of saving the difference, Mm -hmm. working on their balance sheet, go, Oh, look, I've got an extra $300 a month to go buy a new car with. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that, you know, gives me pause. I, I told you before. I, I actually, I asked the question: Is this somebody that I know? And the reason I said it is because you guys, you just helped my brother out. Yeah. And thank you for helping my my younger brother. He's, he's a little younger than I am, but helping him out get through that. And they made the conscious decision not to roll a vehicle into their loan. Yep. It wasn't even discussed with you, I don't think. Nope. Because of that discipline. Get the car paid off. Don't, you know, yes, you'll be reducing your yep, interest. Yep. Yes, you'll be reducing your payments, but it just invites people to go out and spend that money a different way. Yes. Yeah, discipline. Yeah. Um to do that. Yeah, because some people even if it's not the first 6 months or a year at some point in time something's going to pop up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh the want is going to outweigh maybe the need or even the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. even the ability yeah. to uh, get it and it frees it up. So yeah, that is a that is a common thing that you see. I've I've got a friend uh, who's I've refinanced her mom several times, not in the last few years, but I think that she initially paid like ninety grand for this house and she's like at two fifty into wow. it right now. <laughs> you know, because every few years after they consolidate debt, they end up borrowing charging up, charging up again and they can't stop that that cycle you know and and the house probably could have been paid for by now yeah. for what for what they've done and at that point in time so i just really it's just you know it's just the personality of the person that you're wor- working with obviously mike's right. you know the loan was a great fit for this person to do it and it, oh yeah you know for most people it's probably a great fit but um and i just think that the thing that you ought to think about is if you're going to save yourself a hundred or two hundred dollars a month like like my kid brother Send an extra hundred dollars a month to your car. Oh, absolutely! Get your car paid off faster. Yeah. Send send it send it to your retirement account. Without offending Mike here, I'll say that you know if your car's on a five year, uh, <laughs> we're all friends here, so yeah. uh, you know if your car's on a five year note, 
and you've rolled that into your house, even on a 15-year note at that point in time, you've just started paying for your car for 15 years, which is fine if you're disciplined enough to make your payments and do what you're supposed to do and not go right back out and buy you another car again that's twice as much as what yes. you had because vehicles only are going up in pricing right now to do that, and then they're in a worse financial situation yeah. uh, than they were in the past. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's no way to police that, though. I mean, No, no, no. You, you, know, and it's really about self-discipline. You're right. Yeah, the mortgage company has – it's not – It's. I, I'm sitting here saying if you're going to do this great, smart financial move, understand the psychology behind it, too. For let yourself, give, let me give you a backstory on this a little bit because you guys keep on worrying about offending me. Because no, no, I, I, I'm not. He is. I don't. I, I offend you all the time. <laughs> you offend me all the time. No, I don't no. want people to think that you know that, no, no, no. that that refin every refinance is bad because it's not. You no, know, no, we're using good. hypotheticals at this point in time. We're talking. Yes. I refinanced last year and I saved a ton of money. Well, exactly. I went from a thirty to a fifteen. 15. Yep, and my payment went up. Maybe two hundred bucks, bucks yep. to knock out fifteen years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or like, I don't know. I I was like three years in. Yeah. So Thir- twelve years. Or whatever. Having twenty seven years left, I now have fifteen, yeah. and it went up two hundred dollars. And that's smart because you're putting that much more into the, onto the positive side yeah. of your balance yeah. sheet. We've talked about that before. Balance sheet management. You're really knocking away on your balance mm-hmm. sheet now, mm-hmm. and 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 you're being even more disciplined than you were before. And you probably saved expense, too, in terms of interest rate and whatever you're saving as well. Well, I'll fill in with that, too. I refinanced. It's probably been about four to five years ago now. My rate's so low, I could probably never. I mean, it was like, (laughs) you know, right at that time when it hit the end of the earth levels to do that. So I'll never refinance again. But we went to a 15-year, too, from a 30. We were probably just two or two years into our loan, and we went to a 15. And so our payment had went up substantially, maybe four or 500 bucks or something like Mm -hmm. that a month. Uh, and it was like, man, I was nervous. I'm like, man, that's a mm-hmm. lot of money. The economy was still turning. But to be honest with you, I'm so used to just making that payment now. It's yeah. just part of the budget. You just yeah. block it out. And yeah. so I don't even think about that I could that I could re- make the payment less if I and truly really wanted to go out and refinance the property again. But now it's just a budget budget number, mm-hmm. a line item on my budget, and I'm right. just used to paying it. So I tell that to people to say, hey, it may look scary, but if, you know, if you've got the means to do it and some disciplined ways to do it, I mean, I think we have, a, you know, we've paid some extra. So I'm about six or seven years left on my house, and I'm going to wow. own it. And uh, I'm hoping to goodness that I that I don't have to refinance it anymore, and that I can pay it off. And because yeah. I'm just used to making that payment yeah. now. With the, this particular client, I didn't even suggest rolling the car. I was actually against it. Yeah. And he went to his brother, who's a CPA, and his brother said, "No, roll this in, roll that in, do it this way." So this client, he's he is the client that you can say, okay, or. It's not that you have to say this, but you know without a shadow of a doubt he's disciplined enough to where he's not going to go out, rack up the debt. And it's not like we're paying off a bunch of credit cards that you can easily go rack back up. His whole thing from his brother's CPA point of view was, hey, look, you've got college tuition coming up. You need to take that 1000 bucks, invest it for college tuition, and then when you also have to pay for a car in three to four years, you pay cash for the car instead of having to finance a car because, I mean, you're financing a – you can't even call it an asset. It's a, it's a depreciating liability when you mm-hmm. finance a car. Well, I'll so, get way far in the woods here. People who start doing that and you have a, a, a pot of money there, a lot of times they will take 
money from that to buy the car and then amortize what a normal car payment would be on the rate and then pay themselves back that money. And then all of a sudden, they're getting their money back plus the interest they would have paid to a bank at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people structure that a lot of different ways uh, with proper guidance to where they're making their money work for them as opposed to paying somebody on a depreciating asset. It it almost reciprocates at that point in time and becomes a growth asset. I don't know what it is about life, but for those that have savings, I mean, real genuine emergency fund savings kind of a situation, something always seems to be surprising them to the upside. (laughs) A tax return, Mm -hmm. a gift card because they bought a phone and they kind of forgot that they had registered for that. Mm -hmm. Something always seems to be surprising them to the upside. And for people who are living paycheck to paycheck, who don't have anything saved, always seem to be having a surprise to the downside. Yeah. Mm I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't have also an explanation kind of for that. Outlook on life. It's like if everything's negative, it's like everything negative happens yeah, to you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you're I, glass half full, glass is. half empty. I I 100 believe in the power of positive thinking. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hey, I mean, absolutely. I was at times living on paycheck to paycheck. You know, I've I've gotten beyond that in my life. But I mean, thank, thank thankfully. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Absolutely. there was a long long part of my life where where I did that, and but I was on living on my own, and We're you know, it is point. a scary fe- a scary feeling to mm-hmm. do that. But I, I remember even as a much younger version of myself. Uh, I remember I set a thousand dollars aside when I was like in my twenties, and that <laughs> that was a lot of money. And that was a lot of money back <laughs> yes. then. But that was my emergency fund right there that I would not touch, no matter what, mm-hmm. unless I absolutely had to. And and you know it was a great feeling just to have something set aside because that would at least cover my rent or a car payment or mm-hmm. something yeah. if something. When your went rent bad. was under a thousand dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> like I said several years ago. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about rent being under a thousand. We're not going to talk about everybody's first rent payment, okay? I'll look really old. <laughs> hey, we got to jump out to another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what Americans spent four hundred seventy-eight billion dollars on last year. That's B is in a boy or Baseball billion cards? political advertisements. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things real estate. So, what did Americans pay $478 billion on last year? Mustache wax. $478.5 billion. <laughs> yeah, I see the 0.5, but you know, $478 large. Hey, I saw a thing the other enough. day that said a, they had a guy with a beard and said, hey, man, if you can, if, if you can't change a tire, you need to shave that beard. <laughs> it was something along that. Something along that. Uh, you know, love it. you need to get a picture of that. You mean with a with a beard like that, you can't change a tire? Then you need to shave it. That's right. So, That's anyways, right. I interrupted. Unless your... you're in ZZ Top and you pay somebody to change it. Yes, that's true. I bet they know how though. I bet it's insured. Oh, yeah, I guarantee those beards are insured. So, Jimmy asked during the break, Mister JT. Well, what was the answer, by the way? What, what did Americans spend? Well, 478. We're, we're, we're okay. Gonna, we're All right. Get there. All right. Be patient. Yes, sir. JT asked during the break, what did we all pay for rent back in when? 1990s? Our first, no. our first place. Our first right, place. Right, right. So it could be a different time period. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, um, I've moved here in 2001. So what was your first rent payment? My first rent, I had 
there were three of us total, then like a random boyfriend here and there. And I think I paid three fifty, maybe. That's pretty good. Right. And then my <laughs> second apartment with me and my best friend, and then roughly sometimes her boyfriend. I think we I paid four fifty, and it was downtown in Soaps. Wow. Is now Sobro, <laughs> but you know wow, back then good. it was not called the cool name no. Sobro. It was just like oh we live up by Third and Lindsley, and we paid. I think our rent was like eight fifty or nine hundred that we split. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it was like, you know, we live downtown. <laughs> Real exciting. Wow. I just remember in college, it was, for some odd reason, 580 stands out as my portion with another roommate. Mm. But then what really stands out is when I bought my first house, which Wait, was- Wait, where was that? What town? It was Murfreesboro. Okay. Name tissue. And what, around what time period? Um, 2000, uh, not 2000, uh, 93 through 96. Wow, that's a pretty nice, swanky place. Yeah, I was going to say, that must have been a pretty nice place. Or was it in a really good spot? It was in a really good spot, I think. It wasn't, when I think back about it, I'm just like. 580? I'm going to. Utilities? That no, seems high. It's extremely high. What that's you, crazy high. You said 93. Okay, I'm going to go back three years prior to that. Maybe we paid that together then. All right. You must had have. to be together, man. It, it had no to be. way you were balling like that. Because Maybe I, that's what it was. Then. My first apartment was three years earlier in Murfreesboro, because I went to MTSU as well, and mine was 145 with two roommates. Yeah, that must have been 580 <laughs> or 680 together then. <laughs> We had I a just house. remember riding the check. We had a house. I when I went to college, I worked and uh, and I lived off campus and so in, in Orlando. But I lived with my brother who worked at Disney World and a good friend that in the town I grew up in, and uh, and he was a FedEx driver. <laughs> and we paid two hundred bucks. It was six hundred dollars for the house, mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't leave your stuff outside. Make sure it was in the garage. <laughs> but we had a house, and um, and uh, so that's that's what I did. So. Well, the, the first the first place I lived in. I shared with seven people. We had one bathroom. Everybody, oh, brace yourself. And this is and called it prison. Was, <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah. And uh, somewhere up in Santa, it was a gated community. When, when my when my now wife used to come visit, she used to call it the house last house on the left. I don't if you've ever anybody's ever seen that old movie. Yeah, last yeah. house on the left because it looked like. An oh old haunted God. house. It was the old house on what used to be a farm that got subdivided. What town was this? It was in Hyattsville, which is right outside of College Park in Maryland. And and so a couple stories. First, first one was that about a week li- living there. It was during school and so forth. And uh, all of a sudden, we're sitting there watching TV with a couple of my roommates, and we heard some some shotguns. <laughs> and I grew up in the country. Right. And it's it was hunting season. And so I didn't even flinch. I was like, it's hunting season, guys, relax. And they're like, nobody's hunting anything around here but humans. And I was like, <laughs> oh, humans. yeah, you're right. This is not a good, this is no hunting around here. Oh, but, wow. but there was, <laughs> one of our roommates was this 70-something-year-old guy who was <laughs> What? Wait, had a 70-year-old roommate? He had a 70-something-year-old roommate. <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he was, he was, was that, deaf. Was that blue? <laughs> yeah, blue. <laughs> yeah, blue, blue, blue. And, My and, boy blue, and he used to boil ham hocks, <laughs> and and more than once he fell asleep while the it was boiling on the stove, and once it melted the whole pan and everything. It was crazy. It was the it was the most bizarre house. The shower, you had to wait fifteen minutes in between somebody using the shower, and you could use a shower because it drains so slow. Otherwise, you'd be uh, standing about in their water. Three okay. inches of their water. In- inquiring <laughs> minds have to know, David. Your portion of the rent was it was less than a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. With seven people, that's a damn mansion, ain't it? 
Uh, you know, I mean, it was the guy who rented the place out was, you know, probably doing pretty good considering. But and how long did you live there? Uh, he still does. Two, I lived there <laughs> <He still does. laughs> uh, three semesters, so a year and a half. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. still got married? She married you after that? <laughs> she, she would come over and all I had was a mattress on the floor. You know, if people knew your situation, they could just slide in. They, you would never know they didn't live there. Mm. Oh, you know, we didn't have any central air. So so in the summer times, we had to crack all the windows at night, open everything up, and hope to cool the house off just enough that when we closed the windows during the day, it wasn't absolutely 105 degrees in the middle of the day. Wow. Now, here's the irony wow. of this. David's son was traveling in Europe last year. <laughs> And he was doing like a work thing over there, and some guy wanted to sleep in like a stable, work in a stable, yeah. Or, yeah. and stay in this. And the kid's like, "I'm coming home." <laughs> He's like, "I'm not living like this." So, uh, he went to work. I grew up in a farm. I used to shovel manure every day, day in and day out, for ten years of my life. My son did it for one day. He said, "I'm out of here." Yeah, I can hear David now. When I was your age, I had six roommates. Um, <laughs> he tried that, and, and uh, Zach said, "I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out. home." And that guy, that kid left Spain or somewhere for the summer after one day of shoveling manure and came back home. So, uh, yeah, he was done. <laughs> it was hot, Dad. It was 85 degrees. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, so think about that. Everyone tells that story next time. He's a little soft. No, he's a good kid. <laughs> he's, a little, he's a good kid. So, so that brings us back to $478 billion. Paid in what? Rant. 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 Yeah. Can you believe that? It's a lot of house payments. It's a lot of money. We did some math here. That's in the U.S.? Yes. Okay. Let's presume, and this is why David and I and both you, Andrew and Chris, everybody, we talk about the forced forced savings. It is. But think about this. If you were paying a thousand bucks in rent, if you could pay a thousand bucks in rent in today's market, over 12 months, $12,000, that's easy math. Over 30 years, that's $360,000. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's just assume for conversation's sake, half of that is interest, half of that is principal. So in 30 years, you could have $180,000 saved in the bank. Mm-hmm. Or you'd be mortgage-free. You're not paying the rent anymore, which is the other big factor of all this. You're eventually some point free of paying rent. All right, take it up to $1,200 per month. Times 12 months is 14400 a year. Over 30 years is $432,000. Half of that's two sixteen, dollars $216,000. we are going to go one step further at $1,500 a month. Over 12 months, $18,000 a year, times 30 years, $540,000. Wow. Well, if you do $175,000 at 4.5% interest rate on 30 years, the, the principal and interest payment is eight eighty six seventy. Wow, and so with the taxes, you're right. You're right at probably two hundred, right at a thousand dollars a month. So you can probably afford a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars house. You know, and that's the thing, Mike. I'm gonna say this. I, especially having watched you talk to my brother about refinance, and we talk a lot about purchase loans and about refinance loans. The thing that I like about the approach that you take with the refinances is you, you always start with when's your loan supposed to be paid off. Yep. Let's amortize so that you don't extend your payments. Yep. And what you just talked about is the same thing that we were talking about a minute ago, which is if you work towards paying your house off, at some point you've got a bunch of equity. 
Yet if you keep refinancing it and adding your cars and adding your credit cards and so forth, you never you never get that equity. No, you're not getting ahead. And that's what I really like. And that's why people who listen to the show should say, you know what? I need to use Mike because he's going to think about when am I paying my house off? When am I going to improve my balance sheet? Now, I heard an interesting story that someone started to tell at the last break that he's going to tell at the next section segment about mineral rights. Mineral rights. Mineral rights. That is, I can't wait to hear about mineral rights. We do have them here. I can't wait. Well, do tell. I shall. Mr. GQ, Chris Corbeau, the title guru, will be up on the mic in two minutes. Or How long is our break, Jimmy? <laughs> no, no clue. <laughs> when we come back. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things real estate. And during this segment, we're going to talk about mineral rights with Chris Corbeau from Midtown Title. And what in the world or where do we have mineral rights here in the state of Tennessee? And what's going on with this? Yeah, what, what exactly is mineral rights? I mean, so, that's. So I'll like, set the stage here. Yeah. Got a contract. Uh, Probably about 10 or 15 acres of land. It's, I think, in Dixon County, I think, is where it is or something. So not in town, but it's kind of out town. But it's acreage is what it is. And right. the people are are buying the land. And uh, the buyers ask a very simple question to one of the my, one of my employees and said, hey, I just want to make sure that the mineral rights are there. And my employee kind of going, huh, kind of sound like Andrew over there. What's, what's mineral rights? So your mineral rights are things that are in the ground or soil that can be considered minerals. Oil, uh, maybe there's ore or maybe there's phosphate. I think we got phosphate here, right? Mm-hmm. So this is stuff you could mine out of the ground um, that you would own. So when people have owned land before in the past, people oil well is probably the easiest thing to think of here. Um, people do that. And sometimes if people would sell property, they would retain the mineral rights, the seller would. So any oil that got pumped out of that ground or... Or, uh, or whatever it may be that they're either uh, drilling for or whatever that they would the previous person would retain those retain the money rights to that. How can and they so, retain it if they're selling the property? Because you have an ability to retain mineral rights on property, especially if you know. I mean, let's let's go back a step. Generally speaking, and Chris, you correct me if I'm wrong. If you buy, let's call it ten acres of land, right? Okay, and so it makes a perfect square that piece of land. You generally are buying, theoretically, you're buying that 10-acre square all the way up to the moon and all the way down to the center of the earth. Center of the earth. Okay. And so the issue going to oil is a, a, a oil reserve or a pond of oil in the ground is not, number one, stationary, and not, number two, exactly inside the confounds of your 10 acres. And so back in the day, back when the oil boom was going on in Houston or whatever, you know, and you only had to go down a mile or so to get to the oil, you would want to buy all the oil rights for everybody around you so that you could pump that oil out of the ground because when you pump the oil out of your 10 acres, the 10 acres next to it's going to lose some of its oil as well. Is that accurate? Yes. So other people would set up, if you didn't have that, they would set up oil wells on their property line and dig into the same reserve and start pumping that. They could pump that oil out as well. And so then it becomes a race to who can pump it out the fastest. So wait, these people buying this just randomly have an interest in what could be in the ground, and they want to know about the mineral rights. Yep. 
Now, was this initially written into the contract? or nope, So the people that the did own it, or currently do, but are trying to sell it, probably never thought two minutes or a hill of beans about this until they correct. brought it up. Until they brought until they brought it up. So these people have evidently owned land in the country before or, or, or places. Um, so they were aware that asked that question. And so my employee said, you know, I'm not really sure, but uh, let me uh, let me take a look at the title. We did a title search on the property. We do that every single time on every property we close. And we'll see. Typically, if the mineral rights are retained, it's either retained in the deed of transfer. It would say the, the, the seller of the property retains the mineral rights on the property. Maybe there's a separate document that's recorded because maybe they sold the mineral rights while they own the land but still own the property. And and sure enough, in this situation, in 1944, the people who owned the property in 44, which was three owners ago, sold the mineral rights to a company. Wow. No joke. Sold the mineral rights. And, and um, did anyone ever hear from them or – um, after some extensive research on our end, we've determined that the company that bought it in '44 went out of business, and uh, they were mining phosphate on the land. And uh, the company has went out of business. And, and in this situation, every situation is different. I mean, there still may be oil wells on there mm-hmm. um, that people are still pumping out of. So if you're buying property with oil wells, you can't or gas, well, even gas, natural gas is a huge thing around here. Um, you can't assume that that's going to be your your property when you buy it. You have to make sure that those rights are transferred with the property because you can. If you're the current owner and nobody has transferred them, you can keep the rights to those minerals and then sell the property. And no matter what revenue that makes, it's yours. So in this case, wow. what happened to the mineral rights? <clears throat> so the mineral rights were, were transferred to a company in 1944. And off the top of my head, I cannot remember the name of the company. The company went out of business in the 60s. Okay. And uh, so we're like, great. What do we do now? <laughs> and uh, we don't do a ton of that type of work. It's just not very common here. Uh, East East Tennessee, there's a lot more of it. There's a lot more oil wells and gas well, uh, gas uh, wells there, so they see more of it. Um, and we just found some obscure part of the statute for the mineral rights that said that if a company had been out of business for more than 10 years, you can submit a request to the court um, to re to reclaim uh, the mineral rights back oh. on the property. And then they do publications, and it takes about about a two month process by the time they run publications. And uh, and to give the other people time to view it and claim it back. The, the yeah you okay. and, and and of course they have to be the landowner. You somebody who was not an interested party or an owner on the property just can't go claim somebody's mineral. Well, no, I meant the mineral people that bought those rights in 1944 or whatever. That is correct. They happen to view that, and they'll be like, those are my minerals. That is correct. And so you got to run the publications in the paper. And I know everybody has seen the publications in the paper for stuff in the past. That most people just scan on over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they allow the current landowner, after after a diligent search of trying to find the company, uh, uh, to be able to reclaim those rights back up. So our closing's been postponed for several weeks as we go back through the process of um, reclaiming the mineral rights wow. on somebody's property. So uh, I tell people if they're out looking for land or whatever, um, you got to be conscious of that stuff because you just don't wow, know. Wow, good to know. But, yeah. you know, in this case, it was in our title search, um, and they asked a specific question, and we told it. So, you know, if that's something that you're looking at, I mean, you've got to do your homework on that stuff because had these people bought it without knowing it, now obviously the company's out of business. There was nobody that was mining mineral rights, but who's, who's to say in 10 years that somebody didn't show up and said, hey, we got to start dealing, drilling a big hole in the ground. Yeah. On start their pumping natural gas. Start pumping gas or whatever it is, and they would wow. have every right to do that. It's amazing. Because the rights were given to them at this point almost 70 years ago, over 70 wow. years ago. So if you wrote That's that in a contract insane. and you were buying land and you wrote the mineral rights thing in there, is it your job as a title company to obviously research that and make sure, sure no one else has the rights? Yeah. Okay. And so in something like that, you would put verification. That the, the sellers may not even know like those people. It was too, uh, they were the third owner past that right. point. 
And uh, so, yeah, you would have to write something in there of verifying that the mineral rights are able to be yeah. transferred with the ownership of the property. But it's not uncommon when people are selling property, especially where there is oil and gas, where people would retain that and if they would sell it to people who didn't know because that's generating revenue. It's just free money in their pocket and they sell the land. How, mu- how often do you see the oil? What do you mean? Like Coming out of the ground? Like where they pump for oil or whatever. Yeah, oil wells let's, run every day. Let's talk about fracking right now. Like if they, if you wanted to frack a particular area, you but would. How ne- common is that in Tennessee? That's more common in Kentucky than you would think. It happens in Kentucky a lot. Huh. Okay. I don't. I don't know about all that. I, just, I mean, obviously, there's. I don't know of any oil wells in downtown Nashville. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I get that. But this is no, but you, like you said, there's a lot of phosphate around here. There is a lot of phosphate. And I actually saw the other day. I watched an article on it that the city of Los Angeles has more oil wells than like West Virginia or something like oh, that city in the Angeles? city in the city limits. And wow. um, they have more oil wells in the city limits of Los Angeles. L.A. California. Yes, and they have to cover them up and do all this stuff to make sure that. That people aren't, uh, you know, that they're not distracting. But yeah, they showed like baseball fields with o- built around oil wells in the middle of town and stuff. And wow. so you just wow. don't know where these things are going to pop. Yeah, there's up. a lot of pipelines and all kinds of stuff if, across the U.S. There's so, tons of them. So something you don't see a lot of around here, I don't think, Chris. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Is air rights in mm-hmm. certain waterfront areas? The neighbor behind sometimes will buy the air rights over top of somebody's house. Do so what? Yeah, so I've got this. I got two more. I got two things on that. The first thing I'll end up on the mineral rights is also if you mortgage your property, um, there is a provision in the deed in the Fannie Mae deed of trust that says the mineral rights are collateral of the lender until the loan's paid in full. So if you strict struck oil on your land and you owe money on your house, you need to go pay your loan off before you tell anybody you've hit oil on your property. <laughs> they and have rights then to. pump it out because the lender would have rights to the mineral to to those mineral rights until they're paid back in full. Really? Um, on their property. So that's another catch on that that people don't know. And the air rights, um, you know, all, all y'all know where my office is at. And, yeah. and I and I own the building that, we, that we're that we in. Um, but the parking lot, I do not own. It's on a land lease. Okay. With okay. The, which means that at some point in time, I can come in and buy the parking lot that I'm in yep. to do that. Um, but the person who redeveloped that property, that whole block, um, they retain the air rights on that on the parking wow. lot, so I can never put a garage over there because I can only keep what touches the ground. Everything above the ground it belongs to the person who who sold the building to me um, to do that. So um, why did they do that? Yeah, um, because they want to build a structure over the top of it that allows him to build office buildings over the top of that, and then therefore the parking lot remains with with my building. And that he can build the air rights. Train train uh, tracks is another clear example of, of air rights. Um, in, in Annapolis, you'll see people buy the the air rights of the person who has the view of the water in front of them. So they can't build high over the. So they can always see the water. They can oh, always see the water. Okay. They can't that build over sense. it. But I, that I, makes I, more sense to yeah. me than the other. But the air rights happens in cities all the time where somebody who wants to build a skyscraper wants to retain the air rights above a building that he's selling. So, gotcha. so how do you price that? How do you evaluate that? Uh, well, the land lease is in place, first of all, for, for a period of time to do that. It's really It makes it really, really difficult to do that. Um, but like I said, so he'll leave the parking lot. If he ever does it, he'll leave the parking lot in, 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 in place, just what's on the ground. But he, he'll put the um, garage over the top of it. So right now, he, there's, no, there's no charge to park at your parking lot, so he's not making any revenue on that. But yet, how's the tax being paid on that lot of land? 
uh, well, it's taxed as as a lot right now. I mean, just as the parking lot. So, I mean, we, we do pay. We have to pay the taxes on okay, that. You guys are paying that. Tax. Well, he has a land. Yeah, we have a triple net lease. Okay, we have gotcha. a triple okay, net okay. lease. So now, we've got to pay the we've got to pay the taxes and the insurance on that. But I mean, if something goes above that at that point in time, um, there's all kinds of buildings that are on land leases itself. Uh, I know there's a huge strip center in Cool in Cool Springs where the court office furniture used to be. That whole strip center, um, somebody who owns the land doesn't own the building. Gotcha. Yeah, triple so, net. That makes more sense. Uh, you know, now. there's just there's just land leases and air rights. So that's a great yeah. point to uh, to talk about that. I never realized well, that. Air that rights. usually come in commercial. The air rights and stuff like that is usually a commercial thing, but it can't. Yeah, be but the lake too. The lake too would be a really, yeah, yeah, uh, really. I feel uh, really dumb today. Just so y'all know. I learned something here today. I've learned a lot today, but I'm like, oh well, I have no input, and I'm like a newbie over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's real estate. Sometimes that's the way to go. Some days. Hey, man. JT Sorry. is pushing us out the door, man. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. Check us out online at moneymanmike.net and on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio. We're out.